AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, this Queer Book Saved My Life is an exceptional podcast. You've heard it here on AM 950. Joining me right now is the host of that podcast, J.P. Dare Bohosian. He is kind enough to take some time today and uh, talk about the podcast, the new season, the new format, too. We get to talk yes. about that. And, and kind of the importance of what he, you're doing. Uh, JP, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. No, this is a no-brainer, man. This is, I, I, I've got a lot of questions about the origin and kind of the genesis of this, but I want to just kind of start off for everyone out there. What was your experience before you started doing this? What was your background? My background, oof, wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a long story. Uh, but I used to work in broadcasting, broadcast TV, yeah. uh, for 10 years where I got a lot of the skill set, I think, developed to put on a podcast and record it. And then I worked in LGBTQ health equity mm-hmm. uh, for a number of years here in the state of Minnesota, trying to advance that, working with a variety of different clinics and health insurance companies, medical academic degree programs. And then I also spent some time working in higher education and in a very variety of chief, chief diversity officer roles. So I got to imagine working in the LGBTQ LGBTQ in the health uh, on the health sector that at least it was more receptive here than other states where you know you bring this up and it's you know it's a no it's no from the, the beginning here at least in Minnesota and other states there are other states as well where common sense and decency rule yeah. but imagine it was a little bit easier to do that job back in that day because Minnesota was a little bit more open minded yes it was and I think though I would you know the data that we cr- collected, there was a community health survey that we did. And about every year we did it, about 2% of respondents would tell us that they had been denied care because they were LGBTQ. Um, So that was really terrifying even to see that on such a consistent basis. But yes, Minnesota on the whole, the degree programs, the clinics, the major health systems, I did a whole like transgender health um, conference, Mm -hmm. a day-long thing for Fairview M Health uh, a number of years ago. So that was really exciting to be able to work with folks because they were very much, and Minnesota has really proven itself uh, a leader in this, I think, throughout the country as well. So Mm -hmm. particularly with the Minnesota LGBTQ Standards of Inclusion that this organization Mm -hmm. um, created with the Bush Foundation. You obviously have, you bring the the resume, the the credentials here. (laughs) You came across... I, 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 I'm going to flatter you here because you came across an idea that it, it – I mean, I mean, anyone can come on. I mean, we, there's podcasts about, you know, murders and, and sports and betting and all these things. You actually came up with the concept of explaining to people who are not necessarily going to read these books why these books are important – delivered in a style which basically list just listening to your podcast it becomes wildly apparent why these books should be available everywhere where did that idea come from i think the idea came from is that i had i spent a lot of time reading as an individual and developing this passion for recognizing that books were more sometimes than just you know a beach read or you know a good thrilling read that there was a really important component to them. And when we started having all of the book bans happening across the country, and when I was seeing books that I liked being banned out of schools or out of public libraries, I was thinking, well, wait a minute, there is a value here that I don't think, to your point, that people are talking about. So mm. I thought, well, 
if I talk to invite queer guests to come onto the show and talk about what is this book, right? What were the life-saving features that it had for you? And life-saving mm-hmm. is different for every guest that comes on. For some of them, it was the language to be able to come out to their family. For some, it was to begin their gender affirmation process. For some, it was the language to, or the framework, the tools, the skill set to process an abusive relationship that they had. Mm-hmm. So it really varies from guest to guest. And we bring them on and we tell them, you know, what is it? What was it about this book? What was the, you know, the themes, the skills that you got out of that? And then we bring the author in because having, you know, worked in LGBTQ health equity, having worked in broadcasting, like I know the authors getting their stories out into the world is hard to do. And so I wanted to talk to the author, like, what did it take to get this book out there? What did you have to navigate? How did the book writing it changed you as an individual? And then to bring everybody together in that same conversation, Mm -hmm. to have the guest who's had this book save their life talking to that author has been really remarkable. You know, it's great. I just get to sit back, turn my microphone off, and let them just talk to each other, which is really exciting to see that moment happen between them. It's it's fascinating because we as a culture, and I'll bring up the one when I was a kid growing up. Uh, you know, it was the one that so many girls read. Are you there, God? It's me, and Margaret. You yeah. know, it was very you know common book, and it was one of these things that helped girls. You know, as they were growing up, and it, it was kind of a, a benchmark there. And whereas you can say that to a lot of people, it's like, oh, you remember? You name a book from your youth that was important to you. Yeah, when you when it comes to books for the LGBTQIA plus community, that. When you when you bring that kind of comment up, there just is a disconnect. That well, no, I even though I had books and they helped me get through it, they don't need books. Mm-hmm. And so by doing it, and seriously, it's, it's kind of this mentality. It's like wait, kind of stupid. But but by what you do, very you know sneakily, if I can just say, oh. is you 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 basically just no. This is just like anyone else going through. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, you're going through puberty, um, you're, you're, you're starting to date, you're having a hard time trying to figure out what college you're going to. There's always books that resonate, and, and especially kids that read a lot, there are books there. The same exact thing goes for any, any person, regardless of who they are, what their race is, their religion, their background, their sexual identity. Having that base and well, I think that that's the thing which is the, the, the incredible teachable moment about your podcast is you have the ability to basically show these people who are insisting that these people don't need these books that no, just like they needed their books, this the, the community having these books available for the community, there is an incredible need and a purpose behind it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a number of the books actually that we feature on the show, and it's not us featuring them. We, we recruit the guests and the guests come and tell us right what the book is. Mm-hmm. But a number of those books are actually firsts. It's the first time that a book like that is in the world. And so I think that does speak to where we're moving as a country and is, and the publishing sector is that we're able to finally have these books that are in the world. You can't read what isn't there. And so it's really important, I think, to also acknowledge that we're finally getting these books published. And it is so life-saving, finally, mm-hmm. to go into a library, whether that's your school library, your public library, to go into a bookstore, your indie bookstore, and say, oh, my gosh, there is a book that reflects my life mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't necessarily get from other books. And so it's really – we're living in a really powerful moment right now. And I like to share with folks that, yes, we have a massive slew of book bans that are happening across yes. the country. And it's very terrifying to see that. But we also have a 
record sales happening right now with LGBTQ fiction. And also what's driving that, young adult fiction is mm-hmm. really driving that right now. And what we're seeing in young adult uh, LGBTQ fiction and books is actually, I think, the most revolutionary right now because they're doing things that authors haven't been able to do before in a space that there's a big market for young readers right now. They want to read this. Well, and, and if I can say, hey, idiots trying to do book bans, uh, you know what you're doing is you're letting everyone know about the books you're trying to ban and everyone wants to read them now. Yeah. You're, thank you. You've done the absolute polar opposite of what you were trying to do. Now, you said you have guests come in. I got to believe you got guests begging to come on your show. And I mean, I mean, is it easier to recruit now? You're what, Is this season three you're in now? Or season um, four? We actually just stopped doing seasons because <laughs> it was going for so long. We're like, let's just go into infinity here. So just so, it, when you yeah. initially started, obviously, you probably had to recruit people and say, mm-hmm. I kind of need to come and do this. Are you having that problem now? Or are a lot of people coming to you saying, no, I got a book I got to talk yeah. to you about? It's uh, The show is set because you have someone reaching out to you saying, no, get me and this author on the air. I think it's a mixture actually of the two. So I think that we do have a lot more folks who know of the show now and they're reaching out to us through social media, through our website, and they're saying, hey, I want to be on the show. We also do some guest recruitment because we want to make sure that we're still intentional of the full rainbow, right, that we have a variety of different stories uh, that are ensured to be, you know, that we're reflective as well mm-hmm. of the large audience that's out there that want to read these books. And so we want to make sure that that's reflective of them. Are, are the authors, I mean, when it comes to the authors, you, you get in touch with them. What, most of the time, I imagine, as you said, it's and I, and I, I do enough author interviews here. It's like, <laughs> you want me to talk on air? Sure, I'll be there. Uh, sometimes not the case, though. I mean, I have had some people that are like, I don't want anyone to know about the book I've just published. Okay, you know, all right. Uh, talk about the reaction you get from the, the authors and that when, when you call them up and say, hey, I've got a fan. I want to feature on this and feature this book. You know, is is most of the time it's like in a heartbeat, tell me where and when sort of thing? There are a number that are like that. They Mm -hmm. absolutely want to talk with, not only about their book, they want to talk to this guest. You know, I think a lot of the authors are having this very profound moment, being able to sit in a room or a virtual studio and hear a, a, a reader talking about not just what a fun read it was, but like, this is saving to me and this is how it saved me. And thank you for putting out, you know, writing this book and putting it under the world. So we have a lot of authors that are having that profound moment. And then some authors are actually, the books have been out for a while, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years in some instances. And so I think they're also like, wow, like people are still reading my book and they're still Mm -hmm. getting this out of it. And so I think they're also having that kind of moment of seeing how a book lives out in the world beyond what the author has done. And so I think it's really fun for them to come back to the book and come back to the process and see what it, you know, what it did for these readers and also to reflect for them on how they're different now in mm-hmm. writing the book and what they think about it. And if they, I always ask authors, I'm like, if you had to, you know, do it all over again, what would that be like, you know? And it's a fun, you know, interesting take for them to go, oh, yeah, well, if I did it, you know, wrote it now, I'd have to kind of change, you know, mm-hmm. these these particular things. Like, I remember we had a New York Times bestseller, Jennifer Finney Boylan, who wrote a memoir uh, about being, you know, a trans woman. And now she goes, I was basically writing that for my Republican mom and her bridge club. <laughs> and she's like, but if I wrote that today, you know, she's like, when I look at it now, it kind of felt like apology, like I'm apologizing about this. She's like, today, I would write it completely different. It would be unapologetic. And I would absolutely be like, this is what it is. I'm not apologizing for who I am. And you know, let's let's find a way of, of moving forward. Well, and, and the, when you bring that point up, I mean, is it important to you to try to get books from 20 years ago? Because it does show how the culture has changed and that it was, I'm sorry. I, I mean, this is, I don't mean to upset you. This is just who I am yeah. to a person that's like, nope, this is who I am. And that's it. 
is it is it nice to be able to have books that were been published over the last say, 30 years or so so you have that kind of this is what it used to be like yeah we've even had i mean we've gone even further back than that we've had some james baldwin thomas mm-hmm. mann so stuff that's considered classic lgbtq literature and it's really interesting because a lot of those guests are you know older lgbtq folks now mm-hmm. within the community so to hear their stories talking about it and in some way it's really i think important for younger listeners because they're hearing about these books that came out 15 20 20 25, 30 years ago, and they're hearing like, wow, some this is something that happens. You know, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. I'm part of a com- community, and that community has existed for, you know, much longer than the last five years, right? And so I think it's important for folks, for those books to be featured on the show as well, because we see the history of the queer community. J.P. Derbohosian is joining us right now. Let this queer book save my life. Uh, we have a book ban somewhere in the South where they're taking a book off the shelf because the, last, the man's last name Last name is gay, mm-hmm. not because the book has anything to do with LGBTQ rights, but that's where it is. We do live in a bit of a better society here. Uh, there was the, uh, the the county books uh, down the south side here where basically they wanted to remove books and they said, no, we're not going to do it. We actually had a charter school up in the north metro where there was pressure to remove these books. And I was very impressed with the response saying, no, there are kids in this school that need these books. We also had that, um, in, not necessarily with a book per se, but the, the, the Drag Queen Story Hour out in Chasco where the people were trying to shout that down and shut that down. The, the reality is, is that we, we have a nice – we have a lot of common sense here that basically says just because you don't like a book doesn't mean you don't want to read it. Trust me. Uh, Clive Cussler, no, I'm not reading any more of his books. I mean, it just <laughs> he started when you keep putting yourself in the book. What are you doing? Just no, I'm done reading you. <laughs> that being said, is I can easily avoid that. There almost seems to be this dehumanization element going on Absolutely. here. That is, it's not they're not really human, so we don't have to have the books there. And that's, I guess, one of the things which I'm glad about with Minnesota is that. They, that we're not falling for what you're seeing work in other places is that at least here there is the common sense like, no, 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 no. Just because you don't want the book doesn't mean other people don't. And so we're not going to allow you to make decisions for other people. I sometimes get frustrated. We always hear about Florida, 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 but nobody's talking about Minnesota and the great things that's mm-hmm. your point that we're doing. And like Minnesota gives me hope to yes. live in the, you know, to live in, as a, as a, queer person in this country, like you want to be in Minnesota, as much so as a California or, you know, New England. And I I wish that we got more credit. I wish we got as much airtime and and newsprint about what we're doing here because we really are the antithesis to Florida. And that's really important to know. But also, I want to say that, you know, the book bans are very coordinated by a very small number of yes. people. You know, the Washington Post found out, they released it this year, a report. They looked at 37 states the book challenges there, 11 people. Mm. 11 people were behind those. And so we're dealing maybe not with such a wide, you know, ranging desire. We have a very small group of people who are very extreme and who, you know, and their viewpoints and also thinking that queerness is a choice. You know, we see a lot of that as well and the uh, why they're trying to ban things that they're like, well, if I if my children read this book, they're going to choose to be gay. They're going to choose to be trans. And so if we get rid of them, then they'll never learn how to do that, which is, you know, based, it's, it's based on <laughs> ignorance. And, and yeah. that's it is. And this is where I'll come in, because that's a big key of it. They don't want people thinking, mm-hmm. well, when I grew up, I read this author and that helped me through this. So they should be able to do. They don't want the people to think mm-hmm. about it that way. They want to think about it as this has got to be stopped. 
And so it's the, the entire argument is banked on ignorance. And this is why I think Minnesota and other some other states as well kind of get passes is because we're not big on ignorance here. We're not big on ignorance. And and it, it don't get me wrong, there are <laughs> oh, can I tell you some stories? Uh, there are some ignorant <laughs> people here. But at the same time, as as a society, you know, there does seem to be this mentality is just, you know, because I'm not comfortable with something doesn't mean it doesn't exist and it doesn't have a right to exist. And this idea of just getting rid of all the books, even though they are helping people, and that is the key, it's helping people with their own life. That That's that's a godsend. And not just queer people. No, not we, just, just a lot of people. Yeah, family, mom, parents. Yesterday yeah. I had a listener who identifies as a cis straight male and he called in and goes I have a family member and I don't know what to do and I listen to the podcast and we've interacted on social media and they're like can I just have a conversation and I was like yeah let's have a conversation about that so I think it's also been very interesting to see the family members and friends of queer people listening to the show and reading these books and reaching out to us as well to go oh I now kind of get what they're going through and I think I can be a better family member, I can be a better friend to them because mm-hmm. I've listened to the episode and I've also read the book now. Yeah, and and basically if they're trying to, their whole thing is about fear and the reality is, is this is, we should be about welcoming and acceptance and unity and compassion. And that's that's what we should be as a society, for goodness sakes, I can only dream we can have that as a society. And and I and I think it's 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 so important. Like I said, it's a, you, you you pulled off a neat trick here, and I don't. It's not a trick, and, and I, I don't want to diminish it or this, but what you have done is brilliant. It's important. That's a big key, as opposed to the the Howler Monkey exhibit. That's my show. Yours is what you what you're doing is very important, and I can't commend you en, en, enough. I think you're doing a magnificent job, and I'm so I, I mean so geeked to be able to chat with you because you you're you're doing something which. There are so many people who couldn't figure out a way to, to do it, and you're doing it, and you're doing it effectively, and I think that that's just amazing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, how? Okay, so if you're if you're listening to me and you have not heard uh, this queer book saved my life, how can people? I mean, pretty much available every podcast place, right? Yeah. So I mean, thisqueerbook.com if you want to go there, and mm-hmm. you can search for this queer book saved my life on any you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Google Podcasts, all of those different areas. So. Yeah, All right. absolutely. And, uh, thisqueerbook.com. I'll link to everything. I'll link to this webpage. And then once again, just go to your I, your podcast page, type it in. It will be there. JP, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming by today. Thank you. And you come back anytime, please, please. Well, I can say that I, I've been on a number, promoting the podcast on a number of, of outlets. And when I tell like friends like, hey, you know, I've been on, you know, da, 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 da. They're always like, oh, great. Good for you. When I told them I was coming here, though, I literally saw their eyes like light up like, no way. <laughs> so, you know, the work that you do is really important. And Are you I know sure a it's not a no friends, way in a bad thing? Like, no, oh. they're very excited. They were like, really? No way. That's so cool. So, yeah. C-SPAN 3, you say? <laughs> <laughs> J.P. Terbosian is kind enough to join us. This Queer Book Saved My Life. It is an important podcast. Regardless who you are, listen to it. It is really spectacular. Uh, congratulations on the non-season starter, just continuing with the new format. JP, as always, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.